on 77 WABC. It's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani with you on 77 WABC. And uh, we'll be with you live. And we'll inviting you to call us on the Tunnel the to Towers Foundation hotline at, um, you know, You've got to make your $11 contribution first, though. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We need, we need, um, we need to get that money in. Uh, we've been doing it all throughout the holidays. The holiday season kind of officially comes to an end with the 6th, which to me is the epiphany. And, uh, the reality is that, um, the reality is that we're gonna, we're going to, um, we're gonna check and just make sure. Once again today, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to have the mayor's final words, sponsored by the Tunnel of the Towers. And t- today we're going to talk about something very, very important to how we can <laughs> get off to a good start this year so that we don't end up with the year of crisis after crisis after crisis and not have a framework uh, within which to handle it for our own for our own benefit. So let's see let's see what let's see what we've got today. First thing I'm going to come up with is something that uh gave me a little bit of happiness. And uh the happiness was to see that Eric Adams not only seems to be off in the on the right start with regard to the crime issue, but he seems to be off to the right start with regard to COVID. I like the way he pushed back. I like the way he pushed back, particularly particularly on the schools. The schools are just not going to close. They're just not going to close. And then you, you, we had some of the businesses that are now out of inordinate fear uh, closing down for a while. And uh, I want you to listen to this. Gosh almighty, this sounds an awful lot like mm, Governor DeSantis, maybe. Hmm. A couple of the Republicans. Let's go to a cut four from Eric Adams. We must stop giving the appearance appearance that there's hysteria among those who are making a decision. Michael Mulgrew and I are on the same page that we need to create a safe environment. Or how about uh, number three? We have to live with COVID and modify our behavior because another variant comes out. What are we going to do? We're going to shut down our city? We spent $11 trillion on COVID. We don't have another $11 trillion. (laughs) It's time to live with COVID. Hallelujah. 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 Cuomo, DeSantis, Hochul, Pokal. Biden, it's only been two years. Only been two years, and we've suspended the Constitution for two years. We don't, we don't suspend the Constitution for an illness that honestly only affects a portion of the population. This was never an illness that affected the entire population. The death rates are all basically 60 and above, 
In addition to that, comorbidities and uh, 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 problems with uh, the, the immune system. And the death rate now, with all of the panic going on, is more than half of what it used to be. Hospitalizations are half. For all the stuff the hospitals are crowded, the hospital crowded, we got double the capacity left. Now, we did hurt ourselves with the ridiculous mandate. That's the one now we'll see. Look, I don't expect 100% out of Adams. But if he, if he can rethink those mandates, then we've got a real guy there, I'll tell you. Because the mandates really are, are, are a bra- a brainwashing. Let me explain it to you this way. In the United States, we pass laws governors, mayors, and presidents don't mandate. They don't set laws, rules, like if you have a business of 100 or more, you must be vaccinated. Under normal circumstances, that's a law. The only reason he gets to do that or the church must be closed or uh, you can't get into the restaurant without a paper. And whatever happened to public accommodations? And So the only way you get to do that, the justification that you're taking over emergency powers because we are in a desperate, once in a lifetime or at least once in a decade situation, like 9-11. Like the Second World War. Like the Civil War. At the height of this thing, it was not 9-11, the Civil War. It wasn't. It affected um, minority percentage of the population. If it had been handled uh, without hysteria, had been handled without politics, handled without greed, and without media corruption and big farmer corruption, probably uh, I'm, uh, there's no doctor who understands this, would disagree with this. Our casualties should have been met much more than 50% less. Here's the problem. If you have an illness that affects, uh, I mean, you don't get up to a 1% death rate until you get to 40 years old. All, all the dying is at 60 plus. So to do an across-the-board response in a population of 340 million people with an equal amount of attention being given to the people at risk and the people that are perfectly safe dilutes the attention you can give to the people that are at risk. Does that make sense to you? It's a logical construct of leadership and management that uh, I, I've used successfully in my career all the time. And particularly, you might see, with the reduction in crime. It would be as if I treated uh, crime as equally prevalent in every part of the city and assigned exactly the same number of police officers to every part of the city. The murder rate would go up, maybe not higher than de Blasio, because the cops would be more uh, motiva- uh, motivated to do it for me, or as I think they will, Adams. But in any event, you get the point. One of the one of the things that I did immediately that had an impact on crime, and this will have an impact on crime if Adams does it immediately, even before we get to the judges and stuff like that, is reassign the police to where they're supposed to be. Put 
the medical resources where they're supposed to be. If we have now a shortage of tests, we shouldn't be giving out tests to black people before white people or to yellow people before brown people. You don't distribute health based on the color of a person's skin. You do it on the basis of the illness, the severity, and the risk. Got it? (laughs) Of course you've got it. Because you're smart. And you're not distorted politicians. Uh, We also would not be in this situation if we were honest. If our if we didn't have a deep state that lied to us over and over and over again from motives that I now come to the point of starting to think may be criminal. And it has to be investigated. I need to know why we had thousands and hundreds of thousands of people dying of a disease and we didn't treat it. Never happened before. I mean, it's like a, it's like a war. We're hit with a disease. We don't know what to do about it. We try everything. We didn't do that. And then we had everything that worked. And we put it away because everything that worked would have cost all these companies billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. And we're still affected by that. And until we break ourselves of that, people are going to die. Right now. Right now, today, today, we could avoid hospitalizations if we had a wider use of the uh, treatments that have been massively effective in containing uh, COVID at an early stage. Our emphasis in the future has to be to put our emphasis on the population at risk to give them more uh, help and, uh, and information about to discovering the early signs of COVID. Indeed, give everyone that warning. That's more important than anything Biden's been doing. Because if you can pick this thing up in the first two or three days, you ain't going to get sick. Do you know how many studies there are to prove that? you know how many doctors I could produce to tell you that? I, I would say I have my hands on 10,000. I watched it happen myself. Uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc used together. It's going to get you at about 80 to 85 to 90% at the early stage. One of the things they did to destroy hydroxychloroquine, because hydroxychloroquine stood in the way of about 30 to $40 billion for the pharmaceutical companies. When they did the test, they used excessively high dosages of hydroxychloroquine. And they gave it to people that were already in the hospital, which is where it is the least effective. It is a early medicine. It happens to be true in the treatment of many, many other illnesses, even cancer. You can't cure some cancers if you don't catch it early. You catch prostate cancer early, like I did, thank God, you can cure it. That same medicine that cures it early doesn't cure it late. I mean, that's true of many, many infectious diseases, many, many other diseases. And unless they're stupid, they all knew it. Fauci had written about the value 
of hydroxychloroquine before hydroxychloroquine became the thing that would have deprived his favorite company of billions. And we couldn't have had remdesivir, which I was given and told by my doctors, we have to give it, quote, we have to give it because it's part of the protocol. It doesn't do a damn thing. It only costs two grand, but it doesn't do a damn thing. I don't know a single person saved by remdesivir. I know lots of people saved by hydroxy, ivermectin, Regeneron, absolutely. Um, let me think of monoclonal antibodies. A mm. couple of others. And now these new, these new uh, 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 therapeutics, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I just think they're going to charge you more because they come from, the, they come from the, uh, the companies that like to rape the public and, uh, and get away with it because of the interconnection with the Fauci's and the Biden's and the Democratic Party and the campaign contributions and the and the um, that's got to be broken up when this is over. This is too important. This is too important for it to be subjected to the same thing we do with, you know, tax lobbying. This is a matter of life and death. We've got children who have been destroyed because of this. We've got awful lot of people dead, a lot of them older people, but people with a lot of useful life left who would be alive if we had played this down the middle. And there is nobody but the lying skunks that run social media that prevents you from hearing this, you know? The lies they've allowed to be perpetrated. I mean, Biden was saying for the longest time that the vaccine will cure you. You will not get it. You will not get it. Rachel Maddow announced it. It's over. It's over. No more infection. We're at the point now that some of these vaccines, after, after three, four, five weeks, the rate of infection is just as high among the vaccinated as the unvaccinated. And the ability to spread it is just about as high. Now, I'm going to say the truth. The vaccine doesn't prevent the illness. Sorry. Take it anyway if you want. It does appear to make the illness less severe, and that's important. Our deaths are down dramatically, more than half. Now, it could be that these are lesser variants, but at the same time, I'm not going to bank on that. On January 21st, 1980, gold hit a record, the highest in decades, at $835 per ounce. It climbed an astonishing 262% in a single year. What was happening in January of 1980? The Soviet Union had just invaded Afghanistan. Iranian radicals. Man, those guys are still around, right? Biden loves them. Iranian radicals were holding U.S. hostages. Inflation reached record highs. And the U.S. was languishing under the weak leadership of President Jimmy Carter. <laughs> you want to know about weak leadership? Jimmy, the best thing ever happened to you? Well, folks, hindsight is not 2020, it's 1980. We're now facing runaway inflation. New threats from Russia and Iran, who just basically look at Biden like he doesn't exist. And a uh, possible, a possible, well, a possible recession, a definite inflation. And there's no Ronald Reagan to come out of the West on a horse. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. 
Welcome back, uh, and I'll be taking calls at 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-922. I'm Rudy Giuliani. I'm with Common Sense. Here we are in 2022, second day, and we're already uncovering the truth and getting a solution on Talk Radio 77 WABC. That's what we try to do. We try to apply Common Sense, and boy, oh boy, is that in short supply. Common Sense applied to this COVID, half the people be alive. Uh, uh, no exaggeration. None. Uh, zero. No exaggeration at all. You know, the guy who the guy who comes out of this, and I know this is all political and no, they should all take a look at the way DeSantis handled this here in, in Florida. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here now, what is it, almost, it's not quite a week, but you travel around, right? You go to, I, I went to a restaurant today. Every, nobody was, nobody asked me for a card. I was there with another couple. When, you just drive around, you know, go to a golf course, go to a movie. And when you look at their per capita uh, rate, it's in the middle. It's less than New York. It's less than the Democratic states. I mean, the Democratic states are falling apart. That's why Adams has got a hell of a job. There was a very, very, and this, if I were the new mayor, this would have been clipped out and would have been right in the front of my clips for the day. My staff would have stuck it in my face like, Mayor, you got to change this, babes. New Jersey and New York lead Exodus. This is the point I made against the worst governor in America, the guy over in New Jersey. Once again, New Jersey da, 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 leads the nation in people leaving. Uh, second is Illinois. Third is New York, not far behind. Fourth is Connecticut. And fifth is California. I will not tell you what they all have in common. You know what they have in common. they got Democrats running them. So if they're not getting you killed in Chicago, they're making you broke in California. Why do you vote for them? So they can have hearings like January 6th and try, and try to persuade us that that was an insurrection? Are you kidding me? I was there that day. And despite uh, the bar, so, despite all these people who have falsely accused me, I had not a thing to do with what happened after. I didn't even know it was going to happen. And what I said about um, trial by fire, let's talk about two machines right there, right in the text. I'll put it out. Have put it out. It's all over my podcast. I said there are two machines. They have one. We have one. Let's put one against the other. If their machine wins, I'll apologize. If my machine wins and they can defraud votes, they go to jail. People laughed, clapped. Nobody got crazy. They were too cold to clap too much. And an hour, hour and a half later, President Trump spoke. Tell me how I incited a riot. Of course they didn't. And now I'm suspended from the practice of law because I'm in danger that I might incite another riot. Hmm. Yeah, there have been a lot since then, right? Since January 6th. Think of all the riots there have been to try to overthrow the country. And to, and to have these half-wit morons talk about insurrection, including, I, I mean, is this girl really Cheney's daughter? This is an insurrection? They're going to, these, these, they look like a bunch of clowns. Okay, and I, I think some of those clowns were criminals. Okay, well, let's prosecute the criminals and get rid of the clowns, and they certainly don't deserve to be held for 10 months incommunicado, 
like they're, you know, Bin Laden, just because they, you know, Pelosi wants to lie to us. And what's been doing, what's being done to these people gets done in a communist country. I'm sorry. They didn't shoot anybody. Can't find a single one with a gun. They can't charge a single one with insurrection, and the FBI says there was no plan. I know there was no plan, or at least one that I knew of, or that the President of the United States knew about. Because I was with him, I'm not going to say 24 hours a day, but quite a bit during that period of time. And I know what he was concerned about, and I know what he was thinking about. It all had to do with the counting of the vote and the Constitution, constitutionality of the Electoral Count Act of 1877. That's what my war room was all about. It wasn't about trying to overthrow the government. And they have no proof of it. Now, here's what they do have, the lying. Excuse me, I can't say that word on radio. Here's what they do have. They have an open murder. If you look at Ashley Babbitt's shooting again, and you can go to my podcast, you might have to put in some special words with YouTube because they say, you know, it's, it's sensitive content. You know why? Because it's the truth. She is shot for no reason. No reason that justifies killing. We've all been through the Rittenhouse case. What do you need to have uh, to shoot to kill? You've got to be in realistic, reasonable fear of your life. She's 5'2". She has no criminal record. She's a veteran. Uh, she was not even trying to go up all by herself. Two uh, guys who had previously been trying to knock the door down when they heard the word gun moved over to her. They moved over to her and they pushed her up as if she were a target. Even after they heard the word gun and she was shot dead. Uh, no weapon. No threatening device. No threatening language. Other police officers, uh, right around the police officer who did the shooting, who could have easily helped him contain her had she come over or been thrown over the transom. And no warning to her. And there are, and I've read now through the, some of the testimony. And during his testimony, the officer does not say he was in fear for his life. Uh, we got a case there. This is a travesty of justice going on. These clowns, these anti-Americans... These violators and trashers of due process in the United States Constitution trying to yet again frame Donald Trump after five years of wasting $100 million of our money trying to accuse a man of things he didn't do, Russian collusion, inappropriate conversation with the, with the president of Ukraine. The guy who offered a bribe to the president of the Ukraine is the jackass sitting in the White House or his basement. It's 100% proven. Wow. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. And we're going to try David. Uh, David, are you in New Jersey? Yes, I'm in New Jersey. Uh... So yeah. what's up, David? I understand you're a pharmacist. I'd love yeah, to talk I'm to you. I'm a pharmacist. Well, I just want to give you just one story of a... Close I'd love it. I want. Friend. I love to hear from the guys in the field. Come on. All right. Close family friend. She's been in a nursing home. She's been on hydroxychloroquine for many years. I think she had lupus, I'm not sure, oh, okay. or rheumatoid arthritis, whatever. But she was the only one in her ward 
who didn't catch cold. Oh, you know there are countries like that, uh, David. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. There's South Korea. Can you can you explain? For two years. How you've been? You've been a, a pharmacist for how long? Long time, as long as you've been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, can you explain to me why? I mean, I, I just I have no agenda. I was in favor of hydroxychloroquine before the president even mentioned it. It was brought to my attention by Dr. Ryan. Uh, she ran a hospital. Uh, she's been using it for years. I've taken hydroxychloroquine for malaria. And when and when it was explained to me by Dr. Zelenko, which is before the president, and people think I'm you know came out for it because of the president. I learned about it three week, two weeks before the president, and I'm not the one who told him about it either. <laughs> But it made all the sense in the world to me. And then the studies started coming in. The studies are unbelievably strong. And you have doctors like Reich at Yale, McCullough from Texas. I mean, you've got some of the best doctors in the world that tell you it lessens the symptoms very, very quickly. Can you prescribe it? I mean, can you can you give it to people with a prescription? I'm really not. Yeah, I'm really not in practice right now. Oh, you're not? You okay. Look, okay. You got to look what other, because I'm afraid of COVID, because people coming in sick. Okay, my my question is, what are other countries doing? What is India doing? What is South Korea doing? They have FDA. They have their own policy. They don't have, they're using therapeutics. They're using hydroxychloroquine. They're using ivermectin. They're using zinc. They're using vitamin D. They're using fluvoxamine. This time of year, everybody was getting flu. What was the doctor treating? Everybody was Tamiflu. All of a sudden, everybody, families were getting Tamiflu. We're not using our brains correctly. When somebody's diagnosed, uh right away, they should be given therapeutics. This is exactly the point that uh, Dr. McCullough made on... Well, not Dr. Well, Dr. Paul, too, but the other guy on the Joe Rogan show that got his account taken, or the other doctor, I've forgotten his name. I've, I've interviewed McCuller, and I've interviewed Reich. Reich I did a whole podcast with. And Reich, I mean, Reich has, Reich has done the definitive study on it, because that's what he is. He's an expert in how you do these studies. And he's in a state of shock that it's not used or that no therapeutic, he said, he said, I've never heard of an illness in which we've got all these people sick, and all we do is tell them, wait for a vaccine, drop dead and wait for a vaccine. I don't know. Something very wrong in the state of Denmark, David, but thank you for calling and alerting us to it. Eli in Rockland uh, County. Hi, Mayor. How are you doing? Hi, Eli. Okay, so quick question. Do you think that the Bidens are hypochondriac? I think that's the nicest thing said about them in a while. <laughs> that was a very nice thing you said at the hypochondriacs. I generally, people usually ask me, do you think the Bidens are crooks? And I say, well, I don't think they are. I can prove they are. But uh, do I think he's a hypochondriac? He looks like he's scared of his own shadow. I, don't, I mean, the way he walks around, he looks like a frightened man. And he wears that mask at in. I don't know if they're hypochondriacs. I think he's an actor. He's acting. Because he doesn't wear the mask at the right time. I mean, how many times is he standing in the background ready to come out? He's got the mask on. Nobody's around him. He walks out. 
He shakes hands with the guy, and if it's a woman, he kisses her and takes the mask off. I mean, that's stupid if you believe all this crap. No, I mean, we see him without the mask all the time, right, when he wants to be. No, I don't think he's a, I don't think, I don't have no reason to believe he's a hypochondriac. I think he is exceedingly stupid. I always have, and I think he has dementia or Alzheimer's, one or the other. But he's also dumb as, whew, you can't believe it. You never talked to him. I did. Uh, we'll go to Chris in Manhattan. Yes, hi, Mayor Giuliani. How are you? Hi, Chris. Okay, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Okay, so uh, I wanted to talk about the new Manhattan District Attorney, Mr. Alvin Bragg. Um, and Mr. Bragg has received a million dollars in campaign funds from George Soros. Uh, and on the, I'm reading an article here in the New York Post that came out today, and it says Manhattan DA to stop seeking prison sentences in slew of criminal cases. Uh, so basically, he's telling his prosecutors not to prosecute people and, and, and not send people to jail only in the last resort. And uh, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on this. And is this going to make life very difficult for Eric Adams? Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's not going it, it, to. Uh, Adams, as I said the, yesterday, even without the DAs and the judges, Adams can get some reduction just by the physical presence of the police. But it won't be a really massive one. And it will, won't be one that lasts. It might be like a shock therapy reduction. And then, boom, it comes back up again. You know, the city went 27 years without reducing crime significantly until I came along. Now, they always claim Dinkins re- re- reduced, reduced it by 2 or 3%. And then the last year it went up. Murder went up the last year it was in office. So, yeah, we, we got, back in the, that 21 or 27-year period, we would get a reduction for a year, and then it would go up again. Because we didn't have a consistent uh, plan that included not just arresting him, but keeping him in jail for significant periods of time. If 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 this uh, communist puts more criminals back out on the street than de Blasio and um, Cuomo and Hochul did, then it's going to cancel the good work that Adams does. And it's going to be a toss-up as to whether we get a reduction or not. I mean... Um, and then it's also going to become enormously um, demoralizing. I mean, you risk your life to arrest one of these people, and then a day later he's back out on the street. And then you know what happens in the neighborhoods? In the neighborhoods they begin to think the cops are corrupt because they don't, they don't realize, you know, that DAs are that stupid. They see television. DAs try to put criminals in jail on television, but these are DAs have, have not been corrupted by all of uh, Soros' money and Soros' hatred for the United States. Uh, and I mean, they believe that the best way to end crime is to just not call a crime. If somebody gets killed, ignore it, like they're doing with Ashley Babbitt. And Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Now we got to find out how serious was that murder. Nobody wants to look at it. No matter what political party you are, whatever whatever your feelings about January six, if you don't want to look at Ashley Babbitt, you're not an American. You don't understand American justice. You're not even a good person. It's really a shame. Really a shame. 
Uh, let's uh, try uh, Mary in uh, Rockland. Mary? Mary, okay. Mary, Mary. So let's go to Chris in Manhattan. Oh, we just did Chris. We'll try, we'll try Terry in Beacon, New York. Terry? Oh, is it Tony? I'm sorry, I wrote it down wrong. Yeah, Tony. I'm, yeah, I'm here. I'm Tony. What's up, Tony? You, you can hear me? I can hear great, Tony. Yeah, I was reading a news article today about China. It said in 2000, year 2000, China only had a, a significant uh, monetary investment in Paraguay, the country in South America. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, sure. They're putting like $25 billion in Brazil and building infrastructure, like transportation infrastructure in Colombia. And it's scaring the heck out, heck out of me because it's, that's one country away from the Panama, which has the Panama yeah, yeah. now, you know. So I, mean, it, it, I it, have it, a reason to be scared because Biden is, you know, you're the best to know it. He's compromised by China. Yes. I mean, yes. so, so now we're going to rely on a president to go up against China whose son got a $1.5 billion commitment to a phony private equity fund. Uh, who uh, funneled into the Biden family at least thirty million, of which half went to Joe. So we got a guy whose family has become multimillionaires based on the Chinese Communist Party, and we expect him to stand up for the U.S. He, he's not good for standing up for the U.S. when he doesn't get money. I mean, a guy doesn't have a pair of you know what ever. So, I mean, how, how do I know when he backs? Like for example, giving them the Bagram. Airbase, 400 miles from China, is idiotic, moronic, crazy, insane, indefensible, completely unjustified, totally ridiculous, and extremely dangerous. Uh, can I say anything else? Who, who would do that? And what kind of press would not even ask about the security of the country they live in, except a corrupt press that sucks up to China? I mean, China has infiltrated us real good. And I don't know uh, the effect of all that money on Biden, but you sure as heck, when you look at the amount of it and you look at his actions, you're not out of your mind if you say they bought him. Hmm? You, got, you got him making irrational decisions in favor of China. Uh, just focus on one, giving up the air base, right? 400 miles. When we have some difficulties, by the way, reaching inland China from our aircraft carriers. And that's our, this is our best bet. We give it up. And then it turns out that this is the guy that got, we think, more money from China than any other American. I don't know. I'm not allowed to draw an inference that maybe, maybe Joe, who over 30 years took bribes, took bribes from, took bribes from China? Hmm? Hmm? Or I'm gonna have to be stupid. So my final thought today is to sum up something positive. I'm gonna try to do that. As often as possible, because I do like the fact that the mayor is talking about we're going to get through this. We're not going to close schools. We're not going to close businesses. It reminds me of the the, uh, the sense that I had after 9-11. You got to pick your eyes up and you got to look to the future. Of course, you got to cry. Of course, you got to rebuild. Of course, you got to feel sad. But you got to push yourself like hell to move toward the future. And if you, as the mayor, don't do that, they're not going to do it. This is what's been wrong with Biden. That's why that man asked me, is Biden a hypochondriac? I knew this was a disaster when he stayed in the basement all the time. 
Trump was going out there trying, trying, trying to get people's spirits up. And every time he did it, he was being accused of who knows what. That's what a leader does. You don't lead from fear. You lead like Winston Churchill walking into the bombs. You lead like MacArthur going to the front of the lines. You lead like John Lindsay going into the riots. You lead like me going to the towers and staying down there. So here's what, here's a plan. Nice quick. Here's, here's what we should immediately just forget the past. One, two years into COVID, let's focus the proportionate amount of attention. What would it be? 70% of our attention on people 60 and over and with comorbidities and immunocompromised. That would be at any age. That's our group. That's the group that we get the test to first. That's the group we make sure is vaccinated. That's the group that we make sure is properly spaced. And and also, that's the group that we educate on something that we haven't done a good job of that maybe would have saved more lives, would have saved than we're doing. Educate them on the early symptoms of COVID. Educate the whole population on that. Instead of, instead of using fascist tactics to try to get them to have mass and mandates, how about teaching them what to look for and going to the doctor right away and then give the doctor a therapeutic he can use? Cause it doesn't do any good if you go to the doctor. doctor I can't do anything until you go in the hospital. Yeah, but when you go in the hospital, when I first talked to Dr. Zelenko, the good doctor said, I said, doctor, What's the aim here? He said, the aim here is to keep you out of the hospital. Because if you go in the hospital, the chances of dying go up dramatically. And he said, well, what happens if I go in the hospital? Then we got to keep you off a respirator. You go on a respirator, whoo I said, why? He said, because this works. He, this guy treated, I don't know, 3,000 people. I'm not going to give you the exact number who died. Uh, you can count them on your fingers, by the way. Each one of them had a, a significant comorbidity. But he had a community that was pretty, well, he had half a community that was pretty well integrated and half that he could get to. He was able to educate them on what to look for. You got the sniffles? I'm giving it to you. He saved several of my friends. I'll put Rudy Washington on the show one of these days. He'll tell you who saved his life. I can get you 10 others, and then I can get you ones that were, I can get you ones now that were saved by McCullough and Reich and, and saved by a couple of brave pharmacists who went and got them hydroxychloroquine. It didn't fail me once, and I used it myself when I got it. Now, I did, I did get other medicines as well, but I had late stage, I had late stage COVID. I had, I think I had double, I had pneumonia, double pneumonia, I had double viral pneumonia, and I had some kind of a number that was dangerous. And of course, me and me. I wanted, I wanted them to come and take care of me at, in the house. <laughs> you know what they did? <laughs> Combination of the president's doctor, my son, and Dr. Ryan. They fooled me into thinking that if I went to Georgetown Hospital, they would give me oxygen and let me go. I'm serious. There's no way they got me in. So I went to Georgetown Hospital. This is in December, right between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Andrew had just had it. And I got it from Doug Mastroianni, who I'll put on the show one day. He's running for governor of Pennsylvania. And I go, 
hospital. And when I, when I lay down, when I lay down on the thing, you know, to give me the oxygen, I virtually pass out. I said, give me the oxygen. I got to get back. I think, I think I had to write a brief. I thought I was going to court the next day. I had just come back from my trip to like four states, putting all our witnesses on, on these state legislatures. Probably passed it around to all of them. Don't say anything. It's over now. So I <laughs> I couldn't move. And then Andrew, Maria, the good doctor that was there, the two good doctors there from Georgetown and, and the president's doctor who, who came in to take control of me. I, I didn't get out for four days. Four days later, I walked out healthy. And I got bombed with everything. I tried everything. I was like the guinea pig. I got tried, I tried, tried everything. I did ivermectin. I did hydroxychloroquine. I did, um, I did remsevir, which I was told was not, was useless, <laughs> but it's not harmful. Uh, <laughs> and I did the, I really like the steroids. Two of those. I can see why those athletes take it. My knee didn't bother me for a month and a half. Because of the steroids. And Trump, Trump promised me you're going to come out feeling younger. And when I went to see him, you know, when I was cleared, went to see him, I said, you're absolutely right. And then, of course, uh, when he saw me the other day, he reminded me that he saved my life. But I do think the doctors had something to do with it. But he was right on that, that um, Regeneron thing. I think he had been one of the first to take it. And when I took it, it was an it was a, uh, experimental drug. You know, they hadn't gone through all the tests with it, but... I just figured, just pump me everything and let's see what happens. Well, that's what we do now. Focus, 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 focus on the people who are at risk. Stop torturing the people that are not and let our people go. Let our people go free. Let America prosper. Let's overcome all the other illnesses we cause. Now the future is ours. God bless America. Red Apple Media is proud to celebrate 100 years as one of America's most influential radio stations and New York's first. WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.